Hey, I'm Alok, the host of Build the Change, a brand new podcast from MacBlue about the people at the center of progress. Join us on a journey across the country as we uncover stories about the everyday folks working together to build something bigger than themselves. Real change. You'll hear from students in Appalachia advocating for LGBTQ-friendly books in their communities, healthcare workers providing telehealth abortions across the country, immigrant farm workers fighting for their safety in the blazing sun, and candidates in states with razor-thin margins. Listen to Build the Change now wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Democracy-ish. I'm Danielle Moody. And I'm Wajahat Ali. Um, was, 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 my dear friend, um, you decided, and, and folks, we are going to get into a lot of topics today. We have a plethora of things to unpack because... Dear Waz, you have the patience of I don't know what. You said a Wally, a uh, friend of God, is what, is what you say in Islam, because you decided, and you'll, you'll tell the people, to go on Piers Morgan's show, uh, which you had asked for advice, should you do this show? And I said, if you can hold your shit together, then by all means, do it. Um, you did that and more. And folks, if you have not seen the clip, it is up on uh watches uh whatever we call twitter these days uh up on that but please tell people the context about why i'm so in awe uh of of you uh and know that i could never uh which is why people like you exist so tell tell our audience uh what happened? So Piers Morgan, if you all know, uh, he, he hasn't been obsessed with Meghan Markle, but for the past month since Israel's war in Gaza, he's actually invited a bunch of quote-unquote pro-Palestinian voices. He's got long-form debates, and a lot of people are, are viewing him. So he's like, oh, this is great. I can do something that U.S. media doesn't do. Talk to Palestinians and Muslims and Arabs and, and, and Jews who are against uh, the, the war in Gaza, and a lot of eyeballs are watching me. So his producer has been trying to get me on for like two weeks. And then finally, the producer said, I think just a couple of days ago, hey, we'll have you on to do a 20-minute debate. Uh, I don't want to mention the person because that person might come back next week. So I said, sure. okay, That's I'll prep for this debate. Let's do it. Mm -hmm. At the last second, they're like, oh, no debate. Instead, we're going to have a panel. We're going to have a panel with you, Glenn Greenwald, who is not my fan, and uh, Brooke Goldstein, who is uh, a, a human rights lawyer, Danielle, uh, mm -hmm. who seems to only care Light about... On Light on the human. Yeah, like, Light very, on the human part. The, the only human rights lawyer I've ever met who doesn't seem to really care about humans. And like I said in the clip before she interrupted me uh, every five seconds, it's like uh, hiring a fireman. Uh, it's, like, it's like calling a fireman who's actually an arsonist. Uh, so that's her mm -hmm. as a human rights lawyer. So I'm like, all right, 
We're going to do a debate about the rise of anti-Semitism and Islamophobia. I'm assuming sane, rational people will be able to condemn it. I'm assuming that we could find some common cause. We'll also talk about the need for a ceasefire. So we get on, and Pierce brings up an unhinged tweet from this lady, a lawyer, human rights lawyer, Brooke Goldstein, accusing Pierce of bringing on only pro-Hamas speakers. So Pierce, yeah. to his credit, reads her tweet in full, and accuses her and says, wait, you accuse me of bringing on pro-Hamas speakers. Please name me one speaker that I've brought on who's pro-Hamas. She couldn't name one. He says, no, you're the one who made the allegation. I've had many Palestinian, Arab, Muslim, Jewish, uh, pro-Palestinian voices. Name me one who's pro-Hamas. She couldn't name it. But then she goes <laughs> for about three <laughs> minutes and, and does an amazing LinkedIn profile of which, of Wajahat Ali uh, from, Bizar <laughs> from Bizarro World and accuses me of being the Muslim Brotherhood, Hamas, yep. uh, a, mm -hmm. a Nazi adjacent, accuses uh -huh. every single Muslim who's part of the Muslim Student Association for being part of the Muslim Brotherhood. And folks, mm -hmm. I was part of the Muslim Student Association. We were a bunch of desperate sausages trying to talk to girls who literally just stayed in my apartment uh, eating brownies without weed. We ate brownies without weed. We played basketball. So she used that and, and a couple other, you know, guilt by association to paint me and essentially every other Muslim as being part of the mm -hmm. radical Muslim Brotherhood, the same bullshit conspiracy that has been used to tar and feather any Muslim for the past 20 years. Mm -hmm. uh, and then and finally, I don't know if you saw my face. I just sat there. I think I was smiling. I just thought it was very amusing. You are. You, I mean, again, like I said, I don't know. I know that you pray often, but I don't know if you meditate daily because that was a, it was a meditative face that you had on. It was like, mm -hmm, yeah. I'm listening. I, this is not, I'm not, I'm not consuming this. I'm hearing you. Uh, so I sat there and then finally Pierce tries to get her to shut up. She wouldn't. And he says, can Wajahat respond? And then as soon as I started responding, she starts interrupting me again. And then she says, do you condemn Muslim Brotherhood? I thought I had a good line. Uh, I said I condemn Hamas, Muslim oh, yeah. Brotherhood, Islamic Jihad, chocolate hummus, anti-Semitism, uh, uh, white supremacy. But then I did something which it's it just exquisite. Sometimes God works in mysterious ways because mm -hmm. then I continued. <laughs> I said, I also condemn Israel's occupation, uh, uh, settler violence, uh, the dehumanizing language of Netanyahu and his cabinet. And do you, Brooke, as a human rights lawyer, condemn it? And she said, without I think realizing it, of course. So I think I got her to condemn Israel's occupation and the settlements, but it kind of was a shit show like this for the, the next 16 minutes to the point where Glenn Greenwald, who is no friend of mine, Danielle, was forced to defend me on air and say uh, the fact that you've said these allegations about Waj is, is ridiculous. And uh, this was the best one. She said, because I did a report for the Center for American Progress, and Danielle, do you want to tell folks what the Center for American Progress is? <laughs> um, the Center for American Progress is the largest uh, progressive think tank in the country where I also uh, was a special advisor for several years in the 2010s. So and, please and, and go which, for it. Which hosted Netanyahu. She said mm -hmm. the Center for American... She said this on air, folks. The Center for American Progress is a front for the Muslim Brotherhood. So that's what I had to go through. Ooh, I just want to also say it was started by, I believe, a man of Jewish faith. So Podesta, she's just, right? I mean, yeah, it's, she's just like, 
unhinged and crazy. But it just shows you, right, that any Muslim is an Arab, is a Palestinian, is Hamas, is Islamic Jihad. It doesn't matter. And the irony was that an hour before that taping, I published my Daily Beast article saying, I am not Hamas, but thank you for asking, where I list all the tweets, Daniel, from the past month where people... By virtue of me, I think just being brown-skinned and Muslim and, I don't know, asking for a ceasefire, they assume I'm Hamas. They literally have asked me to release the hostages. I'm like, bro, if you could give me the email to Hamas leadership, I will gladly ask. I have all the tweets there. And and I say this because this is what happens, Daniel, and we've discussed this on the show. When you are so accustomed to dehumanizing language, where you can flatten an entire people and see all of us. I'm the son of Pakistani immigrants. I ain't even Palestinian. But you see all of us as Amalek, the you, the word that Netanyahu used, all of us as the enemy, genocidal language. You can easily flatten us. And this explains why a six-year-old boy in mm. Illinois, who yep. happened to be Palestinian Muslim American, was yep. stabbed two dozen times and murdered by his landlord, who was radicalized by right-wing media. Yeah, I you know I also want want to tell folks and I don't know if you saw it uh if you at, at the time of this recording is today um the cartoon the mm. disgusting cartoon mm. and the the islamophobic disgusting fucking cartoon that the Washington Post put up uh today um folks I shared it on uh on social media because Ayman Mohadeen uh, put it up on his Instagram and said, this is like 2001 all over yep. again. Right. And you have offered on our show was what happened following nine 11, right? What, uh, people of Muslim faith were put through and continue to be put through. Right. Um, what I, what, I, what pisses me off, what, what, what I will say about your appearance and, you know, and, and I say it, you know, really truthfully, you show a kind of patience, a kind of thoughtfulness and just precision in your comebacks that is so necessary. I know that I am a person that if I don't go on shows like that, right? Like I I have set up a career where I no longer go on those shows. And the, the reason for me is because I'm not going to come across like you. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I do not, I know the level of restraint that I do not have, right? Like it would have, that would have been bleeped all the way through. And they'd be like, oh, we lost connection with Danielle. <laughs> You're like, daddy, I was like, no, you know, I'm right here. You pop Look back up. up. I'm right here. Right. <laughs> I'm, right. I'm, I'm, I'm here. Uh, and they're like, oh, 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 you know, technical difficulties. Um, because it was so disgusting. But then you see this woman and you want to say, oh, well, she's a, you know, right wing and she's a, a, a zealot and uh, a, clearly a hateful human being, an anti-humanist. And you want to push her to the fringes. But then you see the Washington Post publish an anti-Islam cartoon that you would think, watch, my God, that this would be something that you would have seen in a newspaper in the 50s and the 60s. I sure as hell would not have thought that this would be something that they would post today. I said, it, has no one gone through editorial? Like, like everyone just greenlit this? No, they, they made a choice. And I think that editorial, 
the mainstreaming of Islamophobia, the mainstreaming of anti-Semitism, the double standards that are at play, right? Because can you imagine if I behaved that way and accused anyone uh, who's supporting Israel of, of, of being a Nazi or of being a member of the right-wing extremism, of being a settler terrorist, even though we've seen settler violence in the West? Man, can you imagine? My career would be destroyed. Careers are being destroyed. Jews are being canceled. <laughs> Jewish writers who are retweeting Onion articles the eLife editor got canned. Uh, you know, white guys, uh, you know, David Velasco, respected writer for the art form, got canned because he signed a letter saying, hey, 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 no war crimes. Let's do a ceasefire. And could you imagine a, a, a disgusting cartoon that we just saw in the Washington Post, but you had a Jewish person? People say that's anti-Semitic. That cartoonist would be fired. And speaking about how the yep. past is the yep. present, my first foray into right-wing media, I think I've shared this in democracy I don't know. I was at, uh, about to turn 20 one senior, a, a member of the Muslim Student Association, Danielle, and the Daily Cal, the UC Berkeley newspaper, a few days after 9-11, where there was freaking people were terrified and there were hate crimes and Muslim women were afraid to come to college, published an incendiary cartoon just like this. Two brown-skinned men, they could have been Hindu, they could have been Sikh, they could have been Arab, didn't matter, wearing a turban, who woke up in hell, and they were standing in the devil's claw asking for their uh, 70 virgins. And I remember I went to the edit editor very calmly. I said, hey, can I just explain to you why this is not helpful at this particular moment? They refused to see me. They called yeah. the police. They said we were barbarians. Afterwards, there was 100 people there, peaceful protest. Somehow I got the mic. <laughs> I'm saying things about like Islamophobia and hate and how it's connected and shouldn't be tolerated and we should hold people accountable. Bill O'Reilly took my quote, said it on Fox News, right wing media ran with it. I got hate mail. Uh, go back to where you came from. You Muslims need to be deported. You guys brought down the two towers. I'm like, word, I'm a 20 year old Pakistani Muslim American in, in California. The flattening effect. And now fast forward, we see yeah. it right now on television. And, and we see it also, uh, this flattening, this double standards, this signaling out, the, the casual bigotry, uh, the fact that the right wing gets away with it, no one says anything, you're just keeping it real, telling it like it is, right? But if I say it and you say it, uh, we, we're seen as angry and crazy. So I want to give an example. I want to say one thing before I switch over to the Rashida Tlaib, which I think is just exquisite uh, example mm -hmm. of this, mm -hmm. is I'm lucky, Danielle, with my disposition. Uh, I be I'm Bugs Bunny. I can laugh, but why should I laugh? Why should I be cool? Yeah. Why should I be yeah. chill when someone's calling me a terrorist on live television? Right? Don't I have the right to say, "Hey, you queen of all Karens, you Alpha Karen, you Voltron Karen, shut the f up"? <laughs> like, you know, like, but no, I can't. So, as a brown-skinned man, you know the biggest compliments I've gotten that 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 clip went viral. This is what the compliment I got. Wow, you were so calm. Wow. Yeah. Good for you, yeah. Ajad, for having dignity. Wow. And I'm like, I'm glad that's my disposition. But why do we have to always police our emotions? Why does Rashid, Rashida Tlaib have to police herself every single word she says? And despite going out of her way to condemn violence and explaining, and I'm glad she did, what River to the Sea means to many protesters, she's the one who gets censured. 22 mm -hmm. Democrats join. Meanwhile, yep. I just want to say this, Danielle, but before I give it to you, and I want your thoughts on this. While she got censured, you know who didn't get censured? Lindsey mm -hmm. Graham, who used mm -hmm. genocidal language, wants uh, Gaza to be flanned. Uh, uh, Representative Miller, who said, turn Gaza into a parking lot. 
Cotton, mm-hmm. Senator Cotton, who said, turn it into rubble. Brian Mast, who said, why are we sympathizing with Palestinian civilians? We didn't sympathize with Nazis. We didn't call them civilians. His words, not mine. And Ryan Zinke just last week introduced a bill to deport Palestinians. None of them got censured, Daniel. Mm-hmm. Who got censured? With 22 Democrats joining. Representative Taleb. From the New Yorker staff writer Vincent Cunningham, a keenly observed novel of a young black man searching for his place in the world amidst a moment of historic change. Great Expectations is about David's 18 months working for the senator's presidential campaign. Along the way, David meets a myriad of people who raise a set of questions, questions of history, art, race, religion, and fatherhood that force David to look at his own life anew and come to terms with his identity as a young black man and father in America. Inspired by the author's experiences working on Obama's 2008 presidential campaign, Cunningham uses a political campaign as his narrative backbone. Great Expectations will be one of the talked about novels of the year, Colin McCann. Great Expectations is available wherever books are sold. Hey, I'm Alok, the host of Build the Change, a brand new podcast from Mac Blue about the people at the center of progress. Join us on a journey across the country as we uncover stories about the everyday folks working together to build something bigger than themselves. Real change. You'll hear from students in Appalachia advocating for LGBTQ-friendly books in their communities, healthcare workers providing telehealth abortions across the country, immigrant farm workers fighting for their safety in the blazing sun, and candidates in states with razor-thin margins. Listen to Build the Change now wherever you get your podcasts. Um, you know, I can't, it, it, it's so interesting because as a person from a marginalized community, child of immigrants, myself, family from Jamaica, queer black woman living inside of the United States, I still, as I was watching representative Taleb give her statement on the house floor, think to myself what it must be like to stand up in front of people who are wishing you and your community death. Mm. To stand there with tears in our eyes, pleading for the humanity and calling, right, for the world, for her colleagues to see Palestinians as people worthy of life, children worthy of a future, and to be alone, right? And to have not only every Republican, which of course, of course, because she's brown and a woman and has power, of course they're going to come for her. They've been, right? But to have 22 colleagues, 22 Democrats, decide to side with this white supremacist party and not understand the difference between what she has been saying and what they have continually been saying over the last eight to 10 years is obscene. And what I said when I saw 
Joy Reid posted on her Instagram. And I said, roll me the 22 names. Name all the fucking names, right? It's public record. Every single one of those motherfuckers are up for re-election. And I'm saying, this is not, the, the, you don't deserve to have a D next to your name. You don't deserve to hold office. You threw this woman who is watching her community, her people be massacred and it be using our tax dollars to do it. Try and speak out to call for humanity, to call for a ceasefire. And all of the people that you named, Waj, are able to walk in in an Israeli military uniform. Yeah, that's Brian Mass. And say, that's right. Brian Mass said that on the House floor. In that, are you fucking kidding me? I forgot that. Right? Yeah, he, that was before Halloween he cosplayed. That was, so what I'm saying is that the double standard, the way in which we have to police our emotions, the, the energy that we have to use in order to articulate ourselves in a way that is both with a, a, a sense of purpose and passion, but not too much. <laughs> but not too much. Because God forbid, if you had come at that woman on Pierce's show, the way that she came at you, trust and believe white tears would have flown, would have just flowed like oh, a river. But it was amazing. You do realize, I don't know if you saw that clip again, she accuses me of slandering her after she spent the first three minutes literally slandering me. She literally made herself out to be the victim. And if you look at that clip, I'm speaking at a rushed clip because I know I don't have time. I wasn't given time. She literally interrupted me while I was speaking. So people like us also have to be efficient yep. and effective because yep. I don't yep. have the privilege of just sitting there and talking and taking my time and not being interrupted because Glenn had his two pieces. He wasn't interrupted. This lady interrupted me nonstop. So, I, you know, I'm very self-critical. You know, self I'm hard on myself, but I just want people to know, like, you got to get your point out. You got to be cool. You got to be mm -hmm. calm. You got to do in a third amount of the time and you have to be effective in order to get ahead and just be equal. And that clip kind of personifies it. What's happening to Rashida Tlaib is she has to be so careful with every public statement because the default is that her and Elhan Omar are terrorists. Why? Because they're Muslim. They're the two of the four women, people of color, women of color, excuse me, there was also five women, uh, Corey Bush, whom uh, Donald Trump, remember, said, go back to where you came from. Yep. humiliated nonstop. Meanwhile, this mother African cosplay, we've forgotten by it. Zinke introduced that racist bill, we've forgotten about it. Lindsey Graham used genocidal language. Not just did he use genocidal language, he made it into a religious war. And another thing I want to remind people what Lindsey Graham said, he said, I don't care about the civilian count. They said, how many dead is enough? He goes, I don't care. So for, for him, it's like pure genocide. And we've moved on. And, and we sit there and we move on. And my fear is, Democrats, well, this is the thing. We celebrate because Democrats had big wins uh, yesterday. Mm -hmm. But my yep. concern is, we could, and we could roll through the wins. Uh, my concern is, and I was talking to a bunch of folks of color here in Virginia where we had a bunch of wins. Democrats might take the wrong lesson and be like, oh, we still won. Abortion, that's a galvanizing issue. Republicans are extreme. F these darkies. F the Muslims. F the Arabs. F it. We'll go all in on the war in Gaza. And that's kind of my concern, Danielle, that they looked at yesterday and said, oh, we got the multicultural coalition. They'll come around. And some insiders are saying, 
don't worry about the polls about Biden right now or what's happening in the past month. They'll come around. Your take. I might be wrong. And so so here here is my take. One, I I do believe that um Democrats wins yesterday in several states um were huge mm. and were a bellwether and a signal that Republicans continue to overstep their bounds, right? What we do have to recognize, though, is that you know who was not on the campaign trail? Joe Biden. That's right. That's right. Joe Biden was not, you know, arm in arm with uh, Bashir in Kentucky. He was not going on, you know, the stump in Virginia and in Ohio. Biden was ghost this election season. Why? <clears throat> because as much as I don't want to hold faith in the polls, mm. no one wants to be associated with a loser. That's right. And right now he is losing. So <clears throat> I don't, I disagree to the point that Democrats are going to rest on their laurels in any type of way with regard to these wins, because everything is pointing to the contrary that it is people being galvanized because we have essentially lost faith in our federal politics to get any fucking thing done. So we have to make sure now what of what Republicans have always known, that who is running your state and your city council and your local, those are the people that matter, right? And so I think that the more and more that our Congress shows itself to be ineffectual, mm. right? And Biden continues to tank in the polls that people's attention has gone to, well, what can I do outside my front door, yeah. right? So I think to that respect is why we saw the wins um, that we saw this week. I also think that Biden can't afford a misstep anywhere. And this war, in Israel is not a winning fucking message. No. They shut down the statue of Jewish uh Jewish voices for peace, shut down the Statue of Liberty this week in New York. They have shut down Grand Central Station. Yeah. You had hundreds of thousands of people march in your neighbor in outs in Washington DC. Right? You are seeing those marches build in this country and around the globe. So being able to think to yourself, well, oh, they'll forget about it. You can't because every picture, every video shows us dead children. You know, right? I, I agree with you. I, I feel like it's one of those situations where I think you articulated it really well, right? Andy Bashir wins governor of Kentucky in Ohio. Uh, abortion, uh, the abortion ban failed miserably. These are two red states, right? The fact that Virginia... Uh, it, it flipped. So now Democrats have the House and the Senate. Glenn Youngkin, a fascism in a fleece, tanked, which uh, is going to be really bad for Republicans because he was the moderate, nice Trump. Well, Trump is the head of the GOP. And Mike Johnson, the right wing uh, Christian nationalist who is the new House Speaker, whom we talked about last week, he's all against women's rights. He's all against 
gay people. The more and more that's coming out about him, man, that guy is. Oh kind my of, god! Like, the porn stuff that he apparently audits his son's porn and his son watches his porn. I'm not making this up, folks. So you hear that story? They they audit each other's yes. porns. Oh no no no! Yeah. I, I I've talked about it. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So this is the guy who's now the leader of the house. So in a strange way, I look at these polls. I don't completely dismiss them, Daniel, because what they show me is that just like in 2020, people forget. It's not that like people were excited about Biden. Why did people come out for Biden? Why did people of color in Virginia, where I'm at right now, at the last second, they were undecided? What changed the tide? Hmm, Bernie or Biden, Bernie or Biden. This was a calculus. Which white dude is going to beat Trump? Which white dude would other, other whites vote for? So then we saw what was happening in South Carolina. We're like, oh, Biden seems to have the momentum. Black people are going for Biden. And so guess what happened? Literally in the final two days leading up to the Virginia primary, a bunch of us came out, title wave for Biden. Not because we were excited for him, because like this dude will beat Trump. And so that's what we're witnessing right now is that all these folks are so horrified by the right-wing extremism. I think we could call it an extremist fascist movement that is the GOP, that they're like, okay, we don't want this. So we're going to go Democrat. But if it's between 81-year-old Biden and 77 Trump, I'm not excited about Biden. The big gamble, Danielle, is and in a year from now, like you said, he can't afford any yeah. missteps. Will enough people say Biden or bust? Or will enough people say, I'm done with Biden, give me anybody else? Which is why I hope Democrats who are listening, don't mm -hmm. rest on your laurels. Don't just rest on people saying, eh, GOP is so extreme, we'll come out for Biden. Biden and Dem still have to earn our vote. Hey, I'm Alok, the host of Build the Change, a brand new podcast from Mac Blue about the people at the center of progress. Join us on a journey across the country as we uncover stories about the everyday folks working together to build something bigger than themselves. Real change. You'll hear from students in Appalachia advocating for LGBTQ-friendly books in their communities, healthcare workers providing telehealth abortions across the country, immigrant farm workers fighting for their safety in the blazing sun, and candidates in states with razor-thin margins. Listen to Build the Change now wherever you get your podcasts. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. You know, and I, I'll tell you, I, I spoke with a former guest the other day, um, a not Shenka, uh, Shenker Osadio. Oh, yeah, she's great. Um, and what she said was that voters need to be messaged about the future. Mm. And the core message for the future is liberty, justice and freedom. She's like, because any conversation that Biden wants to have about fucking inflation is going to fall flat. Right. You need to go hard on what you are going to do to uphold our Constitution, right. what you are going to do to expand rights so that you create the stark image between these 
handmade tail wannabes, the Mike Johnsons, the Donald Trumps, the Mike Pences, all of these people who are saying, Rick Santorum <laughs> said the quiet part out loud, talking about Ohio's win with enshrining abortion rights into their constitution. This is why you can't rule by democracy. That's what he said yep. said on it, national television. Said it out loud. So they don't want democracy, right? And we understand that. It isn't just about getting Trump in. It is about never getting him out. That's right. So this administration, for all of their flaws, which are many, need to be focused on the future of this country and your freedom and the freedom and possibility that your children will not have if any Republican were to win the Oval Office. Can I say this real quick, Danielle? Because I like to bring receipts and I like us to flex because we uh, uh, have really good batting average. But unlike those in D.C., uh, we can't fail up for being correct. Uh, we called it a year and a half ago and we said abortion rights, yep. standing up for freedoms, defensive democracy is our kitchen table issues that Democrats need to double down on. And people forget, they're like, oh, no, Democrats were always doing that. They were not, folks. They were not. Never. And then they saw the midterms, and then they saw this. And now they're like, huh, maybe defending people of color and women and rights and fighting against book bans and supporting gay people, maybe maybe that might be the winning ticket. And if you don't believe us, I give you the 2022 uh, midterm elections, and I give you last night in Virginia. Yeah. I mean, it, all we'll leave you with this, folks. Voting still matters. Mm. And the reality is, is that we can take nothing for granted, no wins for granted. Um, and we can't take our vote for granted and thinking that we have the option to do some type of protest vote by either going independent or deciding not to vote at all. Mm. Because if you don't like what is happening right now in the Middle East, if it makes you sick, if it makes you filled with grief, understand that the Lindsey Grahams of the world want the ability to do what is happening there, here. Because Trump has already said he will gut the Department of Justice and he wants the ability to weaponize the military against the citizens of this country who are against his white supremacist fascist agenda. Mm. So we have no room. We can, we can disagree on a ton of things and we can call Biden, a, you know, call him to the mat as much as we would like, but we cannot take for granted the fact that there are powers with billions of dollars that are working overtime to try and destroy our democracy. And they are within a hair of being able to do so, to finish the job that they started on January 6, 2021. Within one election within one election. Thank you for listening to Democracy-ish. I'm Danielle Moody. And I'm Wajahat Ali. And I'm not Hamas. And he's not <laughs> Hamas. And we will be back next week if, in fact, dear friends, we have a country left. Inshallah. <laughs>